0: Welcome to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay, fitting it all together to make teaching and learning in the junior grades more accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host, teacher by day, mom of three, and curriculum creator of all the things from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. You need to stop spending so much time writing your report cards. Writing your report cards does not have to be this all-encompassing, time-consuming endeavor that we spend hours and hours outside of our contract time completing. There are ways that we can systematize and simplify report card writing so that we can still get done what needs to get done, but in far less time. However, in order to make this shift, there are some things you are going to have to shift your mindset And stop believing in these three common myths that are actually eating up your report card writing time. Myth one, so many of us have been told that every report card comment has to be unique, unique to that student and customized and tailored, and that we as teachers cannot possibly be doing a good job if we are using standardized comments or comments that are not personalized. Except we are also required to write our comments that follow a very specific and structured formula. So trying to create unique comments that also follow a very strict and structured formula is where we have some time suck happening. Now we also have a problem with some administrators being very particular and peculiar about how these report cards have to be structured. So the first thing we need to do is get really clear on exactly what our administrator is looking for so that we can make sure that our comments fit what they desire to have written. Next. We can standardize much of our comment by being able to write the form and the structure of our comment that is uniform for all of our students by being able to add placeholder spots where we can add individualized aspects to that comment and examples. If we can uniform the bulk of our comment and then add in placeholder text that allows us to customize small portions of our comment, this will end up saving time. Each individual may be reading it and may feel more customized, even though we have come up with a system to systematize unique comments, that makes sense. Generally speaking, comments will have three separate parts. One, it will reference the curriculum expectations that we are required to cover. Two, it will give specific examples from that student. And three, it will provide students with a next step or where they need to go now. Some schools will tell you to use qualifiers in these sentences. Other schools won't. Some want you to write present tense. Some want you to write past tense. Some, I think, want you to write upside down with the elephant on your toe. I don't know. There's so many different rules out there. But according to Growing Success, Ontario's assessment and evaluation document, we do need to have these three pieces inside our comments. So how do we create a comment that we can duplicate over and over, yet still add small pieces of customization inside? So we want standardized comments that can apply to all of our students while we can systematically insert small pieces of customized parts that make them individualized for that student. Well, I want to use a language or literacy comment to help frame that specifically for reading. So one of my comments could be for evaluating text. If that has been a piece that we have been working on is how students have been evaluating text, they have been creating and determining what their opinion is, supporting their opinion with evidence from the story. How do I take that and write a standard comment with insertions of key customized details for that student? Well, I'm going to use placeholder texts. When reading, Lang, insert a text that student read and did well on that term. Student can evaluate the text they read by clearly identifying the problem and solution of the story. They supported their opinion by using details of the text, such as, to provide a well-structured answer. Moving forward, they should continue to blank. Determine for that final blank the next step. Determine two or three sentences you could use and apply to many students and just select one sentence for each student that you're going to insert after that for the next step. If I can apply that comment to every student in my class, and I use stars to indicate placeholder text, now I have a comment for each student. I simply need to go into the comment bank on the report card software that we use and find and use the Command-F or Control-F feature on the computer and look for that placeholder text of stars. For each student, I can see it highlighted where the stars are and I can go in and add the one or two words that will allow me to give specific comments for that student. So in student A, I might say the best response they gave me all term was Stone Soup's response. So I will go ahead and insert in the text Stone Soup, they did this. I may choose that it was in the garage sale, another text we read this term. In the text garage sale, student did this. This is the evidence they used. And I will reference that piece specifically because that's the best work the student did so far this term. That is the best evidence of their ability. By using a standardized comment that has placeholder text that allows me to insert customized comments, it means that I'm not creating a new comment for each student from scratch. I'm creating a comment bank that has placeholder text that allows me to insert the same comment for every student and then tweak each one to allow me to individualize it for each of my students. This saves me time because I'm not rewriting the same comment over and over again. I'm not trying to come up with 25 different comments for literacy. I'm simply using a different comment or different customizations to the same comment each and every time. This can be replicated again in math in science, and social studies, when you use placeholder text, you simply have to find an example from the term that allows you to comment specifically on that student demonstrating strength at some point so far this term and insert that into that placeholder portion of your standardized comment. The second myth that we so often tell ourselves is that we don't have enough data. The problem is is that sometimes we get fixated on the idea that we need to have enough products that have been assessed. We need to have traditional tests or assignments or worksheets that we've marked in order for those to count as evidence. Except these products that we've created legitimately only should be counting for one-third of the data that we've collected. We also have been collecting data on our students each and every day through observations and conversations. You have collected that. Whether or not you have written it down formally or they're just observations that you have made about a student over time that is all held up here, all of that is okay. If somebody walked into your classroom today and asked how that student was doing, you'd probably be able to give them a story of what they would do. You probably would be like, well, I have no idea how they're doing. I only marked two tests. So I guess they're doing okay. I think you'd probably be surprised with how much information you actually know about that student. Well, those are valid pieces of data as well. The observations and the conversations that you have with your students also serve as data points that help you determine a student's mark or student's ability. Now, should you be recording systematically throughout the term those observations and writing them down? Yes. Every day? Probably not realistic. Multiple times? Sure. Grab a piece of paper, split it into 12 boxes per page, write 12 students' names on the front, flip it over, write the next 12 students on the back, And as they are working on an independent task, make some observations. Perhaps make a goal that you want to make observations a daily goal. So you want to observe two students today. And you just want to write your comments on those two students just for today. Tomorrow, you're going to write the comments on two other students. That is one strategy that works for people. Another is to simply observe everybody and make comments on what they're doing throughout the lessons as you're doing them. Who was putting up their hand? Who's not putting up their hand? Who is participating? Who's showing that they understand the content? All of those things are going to be important for you to use as pieces of data to help you determine the marks. Take time right now, take a class list. Pick a subject and write something that you could say right now about each one of those students. I bet you there's some students you know they're totally on target right now. There are some students you know are totally not on target right now. Then there might be five or six of them that you're like, I actually don't know. Those are the students you need to touch base with and make sure that you have a better idea. That's where you have some gaps in your data. So focus on those kids. Make those observations, check in with them, see what they're doing, record that on your sheet. That data can all be used towards your report card. It doesn't always have to be what mark they got on their test. So remember that your data is not just simply products that you've marked, but you can also count the observations and conversations you've had with your students along the way. And I bet you, you've got a lot more data up here than you think you do. Myth number three is that report card comment banks are evil and no teacher should ever use them. Just head on over to some of my previous TikTok videos or Instagram reels where I've talked about report card comment banks and just read all of the comments from people that think that report card comments are lazy and not appropriate and should never be used by teachers. Reality is, is that these report cards are being written on my own time outside of my contract hours, and I don't have an extra 80 hours to dedicate to writing these report cards, most of the time people wrongly assume that if you use a report card comment bank that the comments can't be personalized, that everything is uniform and it's not actually related to the student that you're talking about. It's actually not the fault of a report card comment bank for that. It's the standardization of the fact that our comments all have to be the same anyways, that our comments have to follow a specific formula, that they have to comment on the standards that we are expected to teach, the expectations. That's what makes them seem unpersonalized. And the fact that we can't actually write in plain language what we really need to say because it would probably end up in many teachers being sued. We can't say, your kid sits in my class and does nothing all day. We have to get a little bit more professionally creative with how it is we would say that, which lends it to feeling a little dry and depersonalized. So it's not the fault of a report card comment bank that makes the report card comments seem depersonalized. It is the system in which we are required to write comments that creates that problem. So embrace the report card comment bank because using a systematized way that allows us to create a comment that meets the criteria of what we're expected to do and how we're expected to write comments Using a systematized and systematic process for creating comments for our students that, like I said before, has elements of placeholder text that allows you to customize it is not a bad thing. It also means you can go ahead and buy pre-made report card comment banks and take those and use them in your own report card comment writing. It means you don't have to spend the hours actually making your own comment bank, and you can use a comment bank that is already pre-done for you. If you are teaching grade three, grade four, grade five, or grade six here in Ontario, or you are commenting based on Ontario expectations or something similar, then you can go ahead and grab the Manly Learning Report Card comment banks, which are all done for you. They will help you to systematically streamline your report card writing process while also giving you the comments that follow a framework that is expected and lets you add personalized touches to each one of the comments. Now, does this mean grabbing these comment banks is going to be a plug and play? You will simply copy and paste them into your report card comments without any worry and it will just be done for you? That's not possible. These are just a framework that will help you structure your own comment so that you can create customized comments for your students without starting from a blank box from scratch. Using a pre-made comment bank gets you between 80 to 90 percent of the way there, but you as the teacher still need to add your own personalized touches to make it fit appropriately for your students Meet the crazy criteria your principal may have, or to meet your board's rigid or restrictive rules about what is and is not appropriate for writing report card comments, which is also constantly changing. So it will save you some of the time, but not all of the time, but it will still save you more than what you would get if you would start from a blank box and have to write every single student's comment from scratch. So if you're ready to save yourself some time and you teach grade three, four, five, or six, you can go ahead and find those on www.madlylearning.com forward slash assessment. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast. For more information on writing report card, including links to our report card comments and previous podcast episodes on using and writing report cards, in your classroom. You can check out the show notes on our website for more information. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay. Join me on www.madlylearning.com for more information on all things teaching in the junior grades. Don't forget, you can always catch this show on the Madly Learning YouTube channel. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Madly Learning.